All right, we're back. New Blood Rising podcast here. Special little episode here. We have now completed three. Uh, this is our this is our fourth now. We've completed four pay per views. Well, three and a half, kind of under the Vince Russo era, because as we talked about, was sold out. He was effectively removed from power from his position of being the head booker, the head writer, to where now we can kind of look at Vince Russo part one, kind of, because we're going to see him again. We know it's coming. He'll be back. That's why I signed on for this in the first place. <laughs> but it's, it's curious now to look at. We started with Halloween Havoc in 1999. We want to talk about what kind of graded? What did we what did we like? Let's talk about who's we, here first, real quick, because we got Jason here for the bonus episode. We got, I know, and I'm usually gypped out of these. Good to be here. It's what makes it truly special. <laughs> Hashtag God. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's capital G, lowercase O T. That's that's how the kids do it. Uh, <laughs> the, we got the whole group, so we want to talk about going back into '99 with that start of that first Nitro before Havoc up until basically now. What did we like about this Vince Russo era? Guys, just started out. What did you like? What have, What are you, your thoughts? I like that everybody had something. I mean, wrestling, you know, you go way back, like in our, our first podcast, Under the oh. under Duress, the random pairings of people for Survivor Series teams. It didn't make sense. So it's just throw some shit together. Right. Now, yes, it was a clusterfuck at times, but everyone had something, and everyone's paths crossed for better or worse. I love yeah. that a lot. It made it feel like it was a connected, for lack of a better term right now, a universe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fair point. Fair point. Um, Chris Benoit, who I already like to begin with. Uh, in WCW, I didn't you know I didn't know much about his career post like 97, 98. Right. No, he comes off looking like a, a beast uh, during this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, the big surprise, Jeff Jarrett, who, did I ever tell you this? He was the first wrestler I ever got an autograph from. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett when he was Double J, and uh, you know he had a mediocre run in, in the mid '90s with WWF. Uh, didn't buy him as a main eventer uh, at the time in WCW. I certainly do now. Uh, yeah, he's he stands out. He's got he's got a character. He's cocky, and he's he's just he's just magnetic in his redneckiness. Uh, and magnetic in his redneckiness. Oh, oh yeah, I like that. he's a redneck I can root for, kind of like Austin, just not as cool. Mayhem, Jeff Jarrett. He's yeah. all over the place. He's, yeah, he's all over the place. Except it sold out. Except, Except it sold out. Um, yeah. Other than that, Bret Hart winning the WCW title. Yeah, uh, which was long overdue to the point where I almost didn't care anymore because it just seemed like it was a wasted opportunity with him in the beginning. Right. Uh, so they got that right. That's. That's about it. I the first thing I think of is contrary to what people think about, like they had a great nucleus of main event talent oh, at this point. When we come into this, we have, and I'm not really going to count Sting and Hogan because they like Hogan walks out. Yeah, we saw him for a but, hot minute. Yeah, but we've got you've got Goldberg still, you've got Sid, you've got Bret Hart, you have Chris Benoit, and you have Jeff Jarrett. So that you could have. Uh, there's so much story that you could do alone with those guys. Now, underneath that, you have guys that are up and coming. They are waiting. Booker T. We've seen him throughout this podcast already show, continue to show, because he was showing it before this point, oh, yeah. continuing to show the brilliance, not just in him as a personality, but in the ring, all of it. A spotter who can wrestle. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like because he's got his spots that he's got to hit to get the crowd on his side, but he can actually work a match. Yeah. It's unfortunate though that in these four shows he has been paired with awful opponents. Yes, we. I think Havoc. We had the tag match. Yeah. That was all over the place, and mm-hmm. Mayhem was his Scott Hall match. Awful. Uh, Starcade was, was um, him midnight. and Midnight against Kurt Henning and Creative Control because Stevie Ray bailed out of the match. And then he finally fights Stevie Ray, and right. it's like, oh, we're finally going to get this. Has to be good, right? Right. Not wrong. Uh, it's it's not, and it's and it's not Booker's fault. Once again, you know, he's I find him completely blameless in all of this. Unfortunately, as good as Booker is, it's on. Uh, he's not one of those guys who can have a good match with anybody. Right. Um. And and that's you know that's a rare quality anyway. So it's I mean they're coming I know yeah. they're coming but as of right now you would if you just started watching from the beginning of this show it, it wouldn't look like Booker T was a guy that would hang around or sure. become a legend or anything like that. It's it's tough to talk about great faces because like I I, I think one that's an interesting face in this is uh, we talked about in the sold out episode is Sid. Sid is such an anomaly in it's this so first weird. run because he's booked as a heel at Havoc. He mm-hmm. comes out looking like a really tough face, but then still slips back into being a heel for Mayhem, comes yeah. back to be a face in Starcade, and then is seemingly booked as a face that has the job at Sold Out. So it's really weird. Mm-hmm. But he has just this incredible charisma about him. Because it ain't his wrestling, that's it's for sure. It's always, it's always what Sid, though. Sid is always... Very captivating, and then it does peter out. But yeah, this really doesn't peter out. Very remember, well said. You remember mm-hmm. Survivor Series '96 when he fights Sean at uh, MSG, and uh, he went in as the heel. Sean went in as the face. That's right. And the crowd turned on Sean about, I want to say, a quarter of the way through the match. Start chanting Sid. Start chanting for Sid, like unanimously. And Sean was visibly pissed off, just like classic yep. mid '90s Sean Michaels could right. get. You right. know, where you just hate him. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, Sid was just always cool. Like, I, I thought about it last night because I, I, I like Sid. First two action figures I ever bought were Sid and Warrior. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. WCW Sid. Uh, oh, my, yeah. My, yeah, this one. Yeah. And uh, my dad was always a big Sid guy. Love Sid. So, you know, I've, I've, as long as I've been a wrestling fan, I've known Psycho Sid. And the other one I was going to mention, like, the other guy who really stands out is Lex Luger. Lex Luger is a great heel. He's fantastic. It uh, might be the best booking of Luger ever, ever, which is so weird to say because there are some bad moments. But the fact is, like when you go back to his, his early WCW, he was very green. He was booked as just like the guy underneath the body, the guy underneath Sting. Mm-hmm. Like you're Sting number two, Sting's buddy. Yeah, Sting's buddy. Then he gets booked as all right. Now you're going to be the corporate champion with Harley Race. Mm-hmm. Still not that effective, really. He disappears for a while, and then we end up seeing we end up seeing him pop up in the WWF, where he's the narcissist. Yep, doesn't go anywhere. No, yeah, he had a match at. Um, well, remember, Mania. he didn't just do the narcissist thing. He was a spokesman for the, the WBF. WBF, the, right. world, the World Bodybuilding Federation, whatever. One of Vince McMahon's first post wrestling ideas that completely bombed. Right, and they promoted that at WrestleMania eight. And then at nine, he had his first mania match with uh, Kurt. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Luger, he was supposed to be the next Hulk Hogan. That's how they started booking. They changed him again. They booked him as the American hero. Right, the Lex Express he, slamming Yokozuna on the aircraft carrier. That's it. Yeah, and I remember that was an iconic 
image at the time, uh, you know, because I don't think I'd seen a Hogan slam Andre yet in any videos because I, you know, I was too young. But like Luger was the guy, and I was I loved Luger because I, you know, I was of course, supposed to. of course, yeah. I did too. I always remember going to a house show to, to, and he main evented a show with Crush. It was a body bag. Yeah, that was the match. It was yeah. a it was a stretcher, a stretcher match. match. Stretcher match. I ran to the gate. Luger walks past me after he wins, and we all just start yelling for him, Lex, Lex. And I'll never forget this. I can always appreciate Lex for this. He actually stopped and turned around and came and tagged our hands. Yeah, and that's I was like, cool. That was a stand-up thing to do. He, I've always remembered that. He did not have to do that, but he did, and I, I always have that memory of Lex Luger. But he slipped after that. Then he, yeah. then he eventually... Well, the I mean, SummerSlam match, mm. where he wins by count-out against Yoko for the title, and you would, you'd think he won the title, because they drop all the confetti. Oh, yeah, the confetti and everybody's out it lifting makes, him up. It makes Luger look like a complete buffoon. Yeah. yeah, and even though he gets to wrestle at 10 kind of for the belt because he's in the mix for that because he won the Rumble kind of with yeah, Brett. Then, then he flounders with Bulldog. Yeah, they become allied. the Allied Forces. Yeah. yeah, They become a Triumph album. So, yeah. you know, when we do see him pop up in WCW again, he's still kind of back to being that guy that stings Buddy. He's the puppy shirt guy. He's the first pirate. True. <laughs> I don't want to be a pirate. Uh, it's not all Lex's fault either. He was WCW's main event um Card and that when he first showed up back in the mid '90s was very loaded. Yeah, you know, so there's not a lot of room for you. Um, he reached his peak though when he got Hogan. He racked Hogan, got the belt, Nitro. and then lost it. It's idiot at uh, <laughs> Hog Wild. Yeah, he's just like Road oh. Wild. Was it Hog Wild? I don't remember if it was Hog Wild or Road Wild. Road oh, Wild. Oh yeah, well, it's the, it's the same biker thing. One, right? But yeah, they eventually changed the name to Road Wild. Yeah, it's one of those. So yeah, Luger. It's just that image of Brett. Cutting that promo and Luger just having his own thing going on right behind him, just cutting right past him. Rah, 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 Super Bowl Saturday. That's why though, like when they find because we we, had, we saw him eventually. Like he went from WCW to NWO Wolfpack. Yeah. And then he kind of became a heel. Uh, he started shifting him into a heel, and then they they did the smart thing. It was like, well, let's do that narcissist thing. But updated, kind of like let's just make him like a big gym dude. Like, yeah, because he comes out with his gym outfit on, like you know, he's just and he's still a specimen to look at. He's a you know, oh, he's one of the best looking. bodies in uh, wrestling. Yeah, not that there's anything wrong with that. Man, I just uh, absolutely dug him though, being that heel, just being because some of his some of his uh, bits backstage when he said he would refund the money. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh my god, the best promo he's ever given. Yes, his, the fact that he got to play off somebody. Yeah, and it yeah. being Liz, yeah. I think was. I mean, we we we've talked at Rick that Liz without Macho, and Macho, you know, just doesn't work. But right. this was good for what it was. Is like she was a good counter, I, foil. not a foil, because she would still help him. Right. But she was a really good, I guess, rebound wall or something. Yeah, it didn't make her look like I think she should look, but it certainly helped Lex Luger. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, especially so with I, the whole married I, couple kind of thing. Did, yeah, you know, his matches still aren't great, but as a character, his punches have improved. I think you'd mention he arguably was the number one heel. Yeah, he on really was. Mayhem. Yeah, he should on Mayhem. Like if you were going to talk, if you were going to go into CM Punk terms, the number one heel should be the number one face. Lex never had like a, a world title match, or up to this point, right. this version of Lex, the total package. Right. So I, I totally, I, I, I him and um, he really stuck out. He's he's one of the ones that's really surprised me. It stuck out on this show. Wasn't counting on it either, you know? Yeah, because it was a surprise. It was like, oh, here comes Lex, you know? But so, let's talk about the flip side, though. There, there are some things that are obviously not working. Do we have enough time? <laughs> There's some obvious things that are not working. Uh, clearly, one is there. there is very rarely a match that ends clean. 
There actually may not be a match that ever ends clean on this show. There's I, more time spent wrestling a match outside the ring as opposed to inside the ring. Right. Which, you know, it takes all of two seconds for them to go, I'm taking it to the outside. Right. You know, it, dip. Just nonsense. Now, that, that was one of the things we were talking about the change is that was one of the noticeable things that sold out. Yes, they, there was a lot less going outside the ring. Right. Yes, there was. A lot less. And there was a lot less interference. Mm-hmm. That's why I said the show feels different. It does. Yeah, in a good way. Not longer, like classic even, WCW. They were long, but too. Right? Yeah. See, I, that was something we didn't point out on the, the the sold out podcast. I was so happy when, uh, right as the Benoit Sid match was starting, I hit pause to see how much time I had left. I had almost a half hour, and I was like, "These guys are going to have a match." And a real match. It, yeah. It didn't go the whole half hour, but it was about a twenty minute like mm-hmm. wrestling clinic from Chris Benoit. Which, before that, the only other time we really got to see a long match was the Benoit-Brett tribute to Owen match, which went like 30 minutes mm-hmm. on Nitro, which on is unheard of. So, you get you, outside, working matches out there, a lot of run-ins, tons of, tons of vignettes with... Uh, again, this goes back... Although people got storylines, at the same time, like... Mm-hmm. They wouldn't materialize in anything. No. They pop up like like one episode that we're going to do next after the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about people who we have not seen on the people who are very active in WCW but have yet to show up on pay per view. Yeah, I never even thought of that until you said that. There are guys like Chavo Guerrero, right? The Maestro, Del Wilkes, Del Wilkes. He's uh, back. He's, uh, <laughs> so those are a couple of things that stood out, like. Obviously, some devaluing of titles oh. is something that really took hold. TV title was the worst thing I think that happened. Yeah, the TV yeah. title, TV title just being thrown completely under the bus. Let's all right. So let's look at it briefly here. So what's happened to the world title since we took over at Havoc? All right. So Havoc um, Sting is the world champ, but by the end of the night has the belt technically taken from him because he gives Charles Robinson the death drop. The death drop. Mm-hmm. So it's vacated. So we have the tournament. Then Brett gets it. Brett gets it. And then after Starcade, it's technically vacated for Nitro, mm-hmm. won it back by Bret Hart. Oh, what? Really? This Cause, happened? Because he says, like, all right, we're just going to have that match. We're going to have a match to decide you know, the real winner. You know, like I can't, I can't say that I'm the champion. That's right, right now. he's a two-time champ. Mm-hmm. So I forgot about that. So, so then you end up having the him vacated again, so that Sid and Benoit can have their match all in a four-week span. And then again, the next night it's vacated once again because Benoit is no longer there. So the most, the, obviously, the belt with the most prestige is, you know, definitely. It, and yet, it's the it's, hardcore title. Well, and, and not joking, not making that joke, is if you talk about title reigns, right. Norman Smiley has had the longest title reign of the podcast. And that's wild, isn't it? Yes. Isn't, that's, that is, wow. Yeah, that's... And yet, it, this isn't as bad as it's going to get with the uh, world title. True. The world the title... classic, this is the worst the world title ever got, isn't even the worst. I cannot... It's I, not. I, if I've got here, I'm a... I'm going to call an audible here and pull it up. I'm going to read. This is going to be coming up. Uh, well, you know what? I'm going to wait for it for Super Bowl. Okay. Get ready for what happens with Sid and Nash. One, with this whole world title picture, it gets so oddly convoluted. It involves the Harris brothers. So at one point, one of those guys is actually technically in running for the the same belt that Harley Race and Ric Flair, one of the Harris brothers, 
just out of nowhere is going to be in contention for. It is so it is so ungodly crazy what happens to that belt going forward. So we're just at the tip of the iceberg for it. So that's one thing that stood out was the sadly on the negative side the world title kind of being devalued. Um, I think it should also be said that um, the idea in January of uh, 2000 was to put the title on Tank Abbott, and yet earlier I believe uh, the previous month WWF put the title on Mick Foley. You know, Mick Foley, legit great wrestler. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one of the best in, of all time, and. Um, Tony Schiavone's comment about butts in the seats and all that crap, and yet they were willing to put the title on Tank Abbott for a second. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's like that. There's a logical gap that's missing uh, from all of that, and yeah, it's, it's it involves different people in WCW, but at the same time, it was still something that was said on WCW television and considered uh, behind the scenes. Because um, yeah, I, I knew Tank Abbott vaguely at the time, yeah, and I had heard that story, and that might have killed them right there. Like that might have dropped viewership considerably. But uh, let's talk about viewership. That's a great you segued it. You brilliantly segued it. These are some stats from the Russo era. We pointed out in the sold out episode, Vince Russo is obviously not the entire part of nineteen ninety nine, but WCW lost fifteen million dollars in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, how much WWF gained? Like sixty five million or something? <laughs> a big swing. A big swing. Couple of things here. This is from The Death of WCW by Brian Alvarez. Nitro ratings went from a 3.08 average to a 3.10, though it was realistically a 2.9 since the 3.1 was for the new two-hour show. That's happened. Nitro has now gone to two hours starting in January. Don't forget, this also results in the loss of tons of ad revenue since they deleted that third hour. So they'll taken away the third hour mm-hmm. already in the 2000s, considerably losing money. Average attendance. Average attendance for... Um, for house shows, 4,628. Oh. That, no, no, no. That was before. Oh. Nitro, or um, house show numbers dropped to 3,593. You could just about fill the township auditorium with those. And as Alvarez puts out, this is due largely to the fact that the company had failed to create any new stars that had made their previous draws, such as Ric Flair, Goldberg. Who's showing up at these house shows to wrestle? Like that's the other thing, because you know, like like even the the big guys aren't yep. showing up for fucking television. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the point. Like, why would I go? I don't. Why know. would I'm not? I, I'm my not showing my up main event's going to be Hugh Morris against uh, Lash LaRue. Yeah, something like that. Buy rates on mm. the pay per views. They went from a zero point five two for Starcade. Uh, this was the. Um, I think this is the, the during his his run here. Oh, an average. Average. Oh. 0.52 to 0.26. Half. Mm. 0.26. They dropped what is that? 300,000 buys? Something like that. It's ridiculous. Wow. That's how, that's how, that's how the, I mean, it was just kill, like, hemorrhaging money left and right. Here's something that's interesting, though. Thunder went from a 2.06 up to a 2.32. It's easy to buy that. Wasn't um, Thunder on Wednesdays at that point? I think it did get moved. Yeah. It, it got it moved. moved it. Yeah. So th- this was an interesting time period we haven't really talked about uh, in terms of how much wrestling was on television. Yeah. Uh, M- Monday, Mondays were Nitro and Raw. 
Tuesdays was the only night off. Because Wednesdays we had Thunder, Thursdays we had SmackDown, and by this point I believe Friday. we had ECW mm-hmm. on TNN, which yeah. I tried to get my friends to watch because I was a big ECW fan. And then there was the, the syndicated shows Hard. that they still had, Saturday, WCW Saturday Night, oh, WWF had the recap. And they had Sunday Night Heat. Sunday Night Heat and You're Velocity. Right. Tuesday night was the only night at this mm-hmm. time that didn't have wrestling, uh, major like mainstream wrestling. It's a different time. <laughs> I don't ordinarily quote this man when it comes to uh, thoughts on professional wrestling on the business side, but one Bam Bam Bigelow Mm. that said, Russo was the worst. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. I don't know how he flim-flammed at WCW by saying, hey, I'm the guy who made Vince McMahon. You have to hire me. I need to run your company. What a scumbag. Russo's the biggest asshole in the world. He didn't know what the hell he was talking about. He was the worst Ever, 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 ever. So, wow. a scholarly gentleman. Oh, Shakespearean. <laughs> Definitely, he was the worst. So it, it's 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 wild because if you immediately say the name Russo and you say WCW, it is it's always assumed bad. And there are, I mean, it it has yet to get probably as bad as it's gonna get. Right. But there were good intentions. Yes. With that idea. Which I was totally on board for because I watched it for I, I, so, I picked it back up just because of, of what the so initiative was. Let's come back to the positives yeah, for a second yeah. because the first Nitro there was a jump in viewership. Which which date are we talking about here? This is the pre. This is in October. It's the week of before Halloween Havoc, right? The week the week before Havoc, uh-huh. which was labeled oh, right. as their debut, was supposed to be this big. Like it, it was it was it was heavily hyped. Went up like five tenths. It did. Yeah. Which is you know. That's great. A lot. I mean, yeah. good. Good. There was a, there was an interest, uh, and and there was a marked difference in the show. We had the backstage vignettes, the 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 quote unquote the crash TV type of booking. You know, when it came to things, so you it was know, wrestling on PBR. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get trashy in here, pal. Well, and the 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 thing that's sad is that you know it. They took that and was like, oh, well, this works. See, it's working. So now let's just inject it with a lethal dose of poison. Oh God. <laughs> No, let's get let's give it steroids. Let's give it the opposite. They jack it up and they really, really, really push all that stuff hard. And in the end, going back to what we talk about devaluing titles, nobody really getting built in the mid cards right. during this time period. Mm-hmm. It really sadly caused things to suffer. But there were good intentions, and you know, at, at the same time, like you know, there were some definitely some interesting things. We've talked about some guys that were very, very interesting, more so than maybe they were before. Jeff Jarrett wasn't the only thing that was interesting about Jeff Jarrett in the WWF was Deborah. Yeah, that was yeah. it. See, that's the problem. Yeah, he had that Mark Marrow syndrome where you know, yeah, good, decent wrestler kind of, and that, but he's completely overshadowed by the woman that's coming to the ring with him. That's something Randy Savage was never true. He was never overshadowed by Elizabeth, but also that has a lot to do with the fact that Elizabeth was a classy lady. Yeah. Uh, but you got Deborah with her puppies and Sable with her whore outfit, and you know. The, wow. Do you remember the Do you remember the bag? The, yeah. 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 The sack. It was a sack. The burlap he, sack. The burlap oh, sack. Oh God. Yeah, because you know WWF. Not every idea was good. No. no. Not they weren't. But that's that's where we're coming from. Is the Russo attitude era and WWF. Not every idea was good either. No, that, I mean, like, no, most you of just happened to have Steve Austin in DX, mm-hmm. and that, yeah. and then The Rock was the burgeoning Rock. at that point. So that just happened to be an amazing occurrence in time where you had like the hottest things in wrestling coming together at once. And WCW had always been 
more traditional based. Even like during the big war with the NWO. And, and Russo did not respect that. Right. The, uh, which Ric Flair has said on many occasions. Like, you know, he's like, well, if you want to, you know, you want to build new talent. Hey, that's great. But you got to respect the old talent because who's going to put these new people over? Right. Me. Stinger. Luger. Which, you know. <laughs> but still, like, Ric Flair has the right idea. Right. But it's it. They were always even when the we're, you know the new world order came and cheering for the heel became the thing to do. Right. It was still a very traditionalist based company, and then right Russo comes in and it's not. I mean, like it's just crazy. You know, it's look, not WCW. No, I, one thing I think they suffered from early on, and I'm glad it's it's. I think it's good at this point that they have eliminated the third hour. Obviously, revenue maybe not revenue wise, but I think the having three hours of television for what Vince Russo does already is starting there's, off on a bad foot. There's a big difference between watching a three hour Raw, yeah, and a three hour Nitro. I'm yes. not talking about current three hour Raw. Right, 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 right. Those are still watchable. Yeah, like, like and it doesn't. Then again, we can fast forward through the commercials. Did sure. you ever watch a three hour Nitro? Never. Yeah. Oh, I, the only one I remember no, is the one where Sting no, no, beat no. DDP for the world title, which was cool. Those things were so long. I'd watch the first hour until Raw came on. Yeah, well, I always That's did. All that I too. did. And that's what I did then. Yeah. Well, it was I got, like I said earlier. I always watched Nitro and then watched the Raw repeat until it got to like this point where it started superseding. I think, but. I, th- I think once 9 o'clock hit was when I would hit record on the VCR for Nitro. You know, because I'll, I'll come back and look at that later. This is, of course, when I was watching Nitro because eventually I just gave up. Mm-hmm. But uh, three hours of Nitro was a hellacious endeavor. Oh, uh, that's generally... 905 is when it kicked in. Like, for, for a while, when they were like, all right, we're going to do what we can to keep you from changing the channel. WCW used to have so many great ideas. Remember when Nitro... Because if Nitro, when it was two hours under Bischoff... They would start at nine, but they wouldn't start at nine. Right. They'd start at eight fifty-seven yep. or right. eight fifty-eight, and it was so cool. Like WCW at a time was revolutionary, not just in the world of professional wrestling, but on television. Like the things that they would do were so cool and different from what WWF was doing at the time. And with with what we're covering now, it's it's so it's so weird. Within two or three years, how it just becomes a shadow. Of its former self. WWE now is the same thing that it was three years ago, minus CM Punk. Right. It's the same thing. And three years before that, it's the same thing. But so much was happening in such a rapid period of of time. Well, I think you have a problem here where you see, like, something's not working. Change it it and fix it. Now. Don't, like... Which Russo said he was told to do. Yeah, which I'm sure he's... Probably full of shit on some of the things. Which I, I I get from the standpoint if you have somebody in charge who doesn't know anything about wrestling and they think just television, like oh you God. can fix something, like yeah. change a storyline in a TV show. They'll get people going now. Oh, you they know? like this Felicity character. Make her a romantic interest. I'm oh. just that's a referencing a show that, that's yeah. real popular, but that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, totally. So uh, and that mindset clearly you know didn't didn't materialize. It didn't work. It eventually leads, of course, to Russo being removed, and it's. If you guys had to give a like, we we didn't actually give a rating really on Starcade to be honest. I think we we're uh, on our on our five scale real quick. Where would you have put Starcade? Uh, two and a half, about two and three quarters, <laughs> which I think is. Good. I couldn't quite give it a three myself. I couldn't. I can't quite get there. If if there was like one more good match or something like that, or if, if the, the Malenko Sid, match had happened, if the Malenko match had happened, if the Sid Benoit match, which was. Ironically, the best match if it had a better finish, because um, because that's one thing we, we've talked about. It. WCW 
One thing that's clearly evident when I'm watching WCW is that I'm not watching WWF, and by that I mean the way that these matches are choreographed. Right. Yeah. You know, there's not a, a like a, it's not like a three act story. Good guys on top, bad guys on top, blow off. You right. Know? It's not. Right. It's, there's no build up of anticipation to a. They finale. just stop. It just stops. It just ends, and I hate that so much. But honestly, I'm surprised that I like the show as much as I did. I I, I honestly would recommend it. I, I uh, would too. To a, a casual yeah. uh, wrestling fan to show you like the best of this time period. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. say mine's about that. What's about? Who would you Are you now? You said Starcade. You talking about sold out? Sold out. Yeah. Is that, oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah. I, oh, I thought we were talking about sold out. Yeah. No, but he said Star because like, I didn't know. I was like, oh yeah, I don't remember doing a rating, but sold out. Yeah, I would give it a two and a half. Sold out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because yeah. like the same reasons like you said, if it had one like if the Malenko thing would have taken off. <sighs> And if it had one more good match, that would have really elevated it. Yeah. But the just like one of the other things that, that, that I want to segue to, what's not working at the time, like Oklahoma being a huge dig at WWF. I mean, more specifically at Jim Ross. But still, like, that's the thing is, other than when, like, DX went in Virginia and rolled up on the Nitro that was happening, you know, and then occasionally saying the boys down south, they just... That's it. They just didn't acknowledge it. This is it's a part of Vince McMahon's business philosophy, which I'm gonna miss I, as as much of a pain in the ass as he's been for a while. His business philosophy is the best, and that's you try not to hurt the other company, you try to help your company. Right, and that's something that WCW never did during yep. this time period, uh, and not, not even this time period, but from about '95 on. And it sucked. It sucked watching WCW and watching them bash WWF. Yeah. Because they're like, A, you're bashing the company that I grew up with. And B, you're bashing the better company. Like, clearly. Mm -hmm. So. You made yourselves the bad guy. Yeah, it makes you the bad guy. It's a very heel thing to do. Yeah. Like, the Russo era all but turned the W's in WCW to look like the Attitude Era W's. Yeah. Like, to to try to mimic that. Try to make it edgy. And uh, WCW... Over sexualized, over oh, oh um, misogynistic, mm-hmm. uh, which that's a big negative. In retrospect, like I said, you know, because it's like you know, it's twelve or thirteen when this stuff was going on in WWF too. Uh, didn't really care. You know, thought it was cool to see half naked chicks walking around. Yeah. Looking, looking at it now, uh, maybe it's because we've been with PG WWE for seven years now. I think. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's not. It's trash. And it's one of those things where if, if a if a non wrestling fan were to walk into a room as I was watching one of these things, would I be embarrassed for them to see <laughs> for them to see what it is that I'm into? Yeah. Or what they think that I'm into. Uh, because it's like, yeah, this is a part of the show that I don't like. That wrestling is a variety show. Right. It really is. It's it's got you got your comedy segments, your action segments, your drama, your romance. WWE it cover or sorry, wrestling in general covers a large broad base. So when a, when a non wrestling fan comes in and sees wrestling, they're only seeing one part of the variety show. Right. You know, and it's and whenever it's someone that like that with me, it's always a part of the show that I do not want them to see. Because, what can you leave until the commercial break? Yeah, Benoit's coming, man. Yeah, he's, like, no, no, you can't say that word to a non wrestling no, Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, man. So, if uh, gave like a sold out or the sold out kind of grading, how would you grade on the five scale this uh, the Vince Russo era up to this point? Are we counting sold out or are we be- um, because there are remnants? Yeah, like there let's were, count it. Let's like there were in Halloween Havoc, right? Of the previous era, sure. So, we'll count it. Uh, I don't know, five? I'd give it a two. 
Me too. Two's about fair. I think two is about fair for it. Sold out helps. So mm-hmm. I I think it without, without sold out. Without sold out, you're looking at a one and a half. But yeah. now are we going by clearly just the pay-per-views or are we talking about the TV content as well? Because it's been a long time since I've seen it. And reading it and looking like just like we did, same. like when we going back and making us review the pay-per-views and, and trying to ignore what you already know. I'm taking account of what we have seen. And you wanna here's why because like I I love looking what people said about Nitro, mm-hmm. but I also think people want to be snarky for the sake of being mm-hmm. snarky. Assholes. Which I mean, hey, it's, it's uh, we know it's they, they went out of business a year a year change a year and change from now on in our timeline they're going to be gone. But the thing is, like, if you look at it just objectively, you know, and I, that's why I can't wait for more nitros to be added to the network so we yeah. can that's really. The only see thing this. it's missing because, yeah. like you said, are we just grading the pay per views? I'm I'm going by the pay per views. Yeah, because yeah. I, I want if there were the if the nitros were there, I'd watch them. Sure. I really would like to get a better perspective of these storylines because the only the only way I can get a perspective on the storylines is either through the internet or um, through the vignettes that they actually show on the paper. Because right. it's like it's like you said, there's so many people that aren't there, right? That, that are there, they're yeah. just not not good used. enough to be on the paper. Yeah. Well, not even that. Did you notice in one of the vignettes were sold out? Scott Steiner. I saw him. Can't, he's, we're getting there. Saw him. We're getting. Where the hell is he? It's coming up. It is. I believe it's at the. I don't know if it's the end of this month in January of 2000 or February. He cuts the Ric Flair promo. Oh, the mm-hmm. classic promo. Uh, if butt you're... sucking oh, dog or whatever Change you call it. Change the channel to WWF. <laughs> yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, if you're going to have Crash TV, who better to mm-hmm. wave the flag yeah. than Big Papa Or Pump. burn it. Or burn it. <laughs> <laughs> or throw it upside down in House of Cards, that shit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's Big Papa Pump. It's the Freakzilla. <laughs> well, I... I'm not. I'm not sure if we get him next, but we should be getting him. It's probably, close. it's got to be. Mm-hmm. But um, we're gonna wrap this up here because uh, again, we just wanted to pop in just with a couple quick thoughts on wrapping up part one of the Russo era. He'll be back. We know he's coming back. Right now, we're just gonna enjoy whatever this is of. I guess the, 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 <laughs> the this Kevin Sullivan type of era here. But um, and how much? How long does this go? This is not long. I think for Brawl, does it hit uncensored? I, it might hit uncensored, but I think it's after uncensored. Is that yeah. awesome? April? Nit- is it April somewhere? There's that, that nitro that I wish we could find. Yeah, because that is a huge, huge nitro. We might have to do that as an own episode if we can find it. Yeah, I'm sure on the internet we can. Sure, do. I can find it. Yeah, Get but um, please, please, the podcast. Please follow it online on Twitter. We are at New Blood Pod. And we are on Podbean. That's who we're going to be hosted by. Newbloodpod.podbean.com is the feed. Please subscribe through iTunes. You know, we can always uh, catch these bonus episodes when they pop up immediately without having to go download. That's my Jim Ross version of things. It's great. Mm, it helps the al- algorithm. It helps the algorithm there, folks. Mm. All right. I'm at William Rankin 83. Charlie Stabile at CM underscore stabs. I am the Jason Peasley. Here we go at something. And that's all. (laughs) We will catch you all next time. It's going to be Super Brawl. What a time.